Give thanks for the good days. When the traffic lights all turn green, when promotions come and bad habits are broken. Give thanks for warm meals and the company of friends. Give thanks for undeniable blessings and clear direction. When the music floods your soul and the worship songs flow without effort. Give thanks for coffee and clothing and hope that the two never mix. Give thanks for the mother who battles daily in prayer, for the father working three jobs, for the brothers and sisters who build blanket forts and read bedtime stories. Give thanks for sons and daughters and all our family who remind us of what truly matters. Give thanks for the stranger who holds the door open and the lifelong friend who holds you when life is broken. Give thanks for the hard days, for the phone call that brings life crashing down, for jobs lost and friendships fallen into conflict. Give thanks for the anger that reminds us we are human and the tears that express more than words can ever fathom. Give thanks, though the pain is overwhelming, your energy spent, your spirit fallen, and your only option is to fall to your knees before your Holy Father and cry out, God, please help me. For in that moment, his power is made perfect. His love is made evident. He becomes your strength your comfort, and your salvation. Give thanks for the power of redemption, from Genesis to Revelation, for the endless promises of a God who would rather sacrifice his son than give up on his children. For nail-pierced hands, for brilliant dawns, for the cool touch of rain and the simplicity of a quiet day for all things great and small. Let us give thanks. How's everybody, How's everybody doing today? All right. All right, y'all came to praise God. He really is a great God. We want to thank you guys for coming out today in this rain. You know, um, don't take much for some folks to be like, I ain't going nowhere. Um, but you guys pressed away on today. We're thankful for that. Um, we are coming to the close of our series on uh, sanctification and holiness. Uh, so we're going to close out on today um, with that. Uh, next month, we're going to just work with uh, the Lent and Easter season. Um, so we'll work with that on next month, next Monday, next Monday, next Sunday. Uh, then we have Palm Sunday, then we have Easter Sunday, and then we prep for Pentecost. Now that you think about that, Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. Um, but we'll work on that. Um, so we're going to get right to it. You guys ready? Yeah. Y'all don't waste no time. We get right to the word. Um, those of you that have your Bibles, this is a lot of reading today. I'm not going to read all this. I just, we, we're not going to have time to read all of it. Um, but just so you guys know, I'm not making something up out of the Bible. When I just start going, um, you guys can go home and go through this whole chapter in, in its entirety. Um, but we're going to be in Numbers, the 28th chapter, uh, starting at the sixth verse. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit and I'm going to just skim. So I don't know what button y'all press, the space bar or whatever. Um, but I'm just going to give you like a heads up saying, hey, just, you know, keep it moving. All right. Uh, when you get there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, um, the Lord has blessed us wonderfully uh, with this projection screen. So you guys can see the scriptures right here. Are we ready? Yes. All right. Uh, Exodus. Did I say numbers? Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Exodus. I'm sorry. Exodus. Lord. I have so much word in me. <laughs> So much word in Exodus. You guys there? Yeah. Exodus, uh, I'm so sorry, Exodus 28 and 6. All right, we there? Yeah. All right, it says, they are, they are, uh, these are the people that, that make the garments 
uh, they are skilled craftsmen. And he says that they are to make the ephod of finely spun linen, embroidered with gold, with blue, with purple, and scarlet yarn. It must have two shoulder pieces attached to its edges so that it can be joined together. Now y'all looking at this, y'all like, I only read this stuff when I read my Bible half the time. The artistic, artistically woven waistband that is on the ephod must be of one piece according to the same workmanship of gold, of blue, uh -oh, of purple and scarlet yarn and of finely spun linen. Take two onyx stones, how many? Two. This is going to make sense in a minute. Take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of who? Israel. Israel's son. So you're going to take two onyx stones and you're going to engrave what? The names of who? Israel's son. How many sons does he have? Wow. All right. So uh, engraved on these stones are going to be 12 names. All right. Uh, let's skip that verse. Fasten. Uh, let's skip that verse. <laughs> you are to make an embroidered breast piece for making decisions. Make it with the same workmanship as the ephod. Make it of gold, of purple. Are you noticing the trend? Of gold, of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and of finely spun linen. It must be square and folded double, nine inches long, nine inches wide. Keep going. Place a setting of gemstones on it. Four rows of stones. The first row should be a row of carnelian, topaz, and emerald. This is a bad breastplate, man. The second row of turquoise, a sapphire, and a diamond. The third row of ginseth, and agate, and of amethyst. You know, I don't use these words. And the fourth row of beryl, and onyx, and jasper. They shall be adorned with gold filigree in their settings. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Those, on that breastplate, 444 symbolizes the 12 tribes of Israel are going to be on their chest. Then attach the two gold cords of the two gold rings to the corners of the breastpiece. Attach the ends of the two cords to the two filigree settings, and this way, attach to them the ephod shoulder and the front. Keep going. Keep going. The craftsmen are to tie the breastpiece from its rings to the rings of the ephod with a cord of blue yarn, yarn so that the breastpiece is above the ephod's waistband and does not come loose from the ephod. Whenever he enters into the sanctuary, y'all with me? Aaron is to carry what? The names, the names of Israel's sons over his heart. The breastpiece for decisions and as a continual reminder before the Lord. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. There should be an opening at the top in the center of it. Around the opening, there should be a woven, woven collar and an opening like that of body armor so that it does not tear. Make pomegranates, I want you to remember, remember that. Make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and on its lower hem, all around it. So on the ephod, you're gonna have pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. Made of, so they're not actual pomegranates, but they look like pomegranates, and they're gonna be around the ephod. Does this make sense? I promise y'all, it's gonna make sense in a minute. And on its lower hem and all around it, put gold bells in between the pomegranates. So you have a pomegranate, a gold bell. Pomegranate, gold bell. This is, this is at the hem of the ephod. Put gold bells between them all the way around. So that the gold bells and the pomegranates, pomegranates alternate around the lower hem of the robe. The robe must be worn by Aaron whenever he ministers. And it is a sound, and a, this sound will be heard when he enters the sanctuary before the Lord. And when he exits, so he does not die. Mm. You are to make a pure gold medallion and engrave it like the engraving of a seal, holy to the Lord. This is on the head. Fasten the cord to the blue yarn so that it is placed on the turban 
The medallion is to be the front of the turban. Keep going. Make tunics, sashes, and headbands for Aaron's sons to give them glory and beauty. Put these on your brother Aaron and to his sons, then anoint, ordain, and consecrate them so that they may serve me as priests. Make them linen undergarments to cover their naked bodies that they must extend from the waist to the thighs. Finally, these must be worn by Aaron and his sons whenever they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to minister in the sanctuary area so that they do not incur guilt and die. This is to be permanent statue for Aaron and for his sons, I'm, I'm sorry, and for his future descendants. It's a lot, right? Was that a lot? Yeah. Y'all like, I, I, I can't keep up. <laughs> if I was sitting there, I wouldn't be able to keep up either. <laughs> so we're going to slow this down. You guys ready? Yeah. The title of this message is A Sanctified Dress Code. Uh-oh. Some of y'all getting uneasy, like, oh, I ain't got my suit, my tie, and my church hat on. That, and I'm not knocking because a lot of us have wore that, we wear it. I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't come to church dressed, but what I'm saying is that is not the actual defined definition of a sanctified dress code. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Yes. All right, I'm going to slow crawl this one because this is, this is a lot today. All right? So last week, we went to Exodus 19, I believe verses 5 and 6. Then we went to 1 Peter 2 and 9. And we see that God gave Israel a certain responsibility in Exodus 19. In Exodus 19, he told the people that they would be a nation of Priests, right? He told them in Exodus 19 that they would be a nation of what? Priests. A nation of priests. That they would be his priests who would represent him. And then in 1 Peter 2 and 9 in the New Testament, Peter comes back and he shares with us that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, which tells us that under the New Testament covenant, all of us are considered the priesthood of Christ. Y'all with me? All of us are considered the priesthood of Christ under the new covenant. He has washed you. He has redeemed you. He has set you aside. He has set you apart. He has sanctified you so that you could be used for his glory, which would make you his chosen priesthood. Uh -oh. Sanctification, simply defined, is to be set aside, apart, to be used by God. So now if we are a nation of priesthood and according to the Old Testament the priesthood had a certain garment that they are supposed to wear then we're supposed to wear that garment as well. Amen. Selena like I am not coming in here with no burrow and topaz <laughs> and gold next Sunday. So. <laughs> Y'all with me? Yeah. If we are a nation of priesthood then we are to dress appropriately. Y'all are getting very uncomfortable because y'all think I'm going somewhere I'm not going. We're not talking about natural dress code. Praise God. Y'all like, all right. We're not talking about a suit and tie. We're not talking about those type of clothing. We're talking spiritually. If we are a nation of priesthood, then we should dress spiritually in our priestly garments. So apostle, not apostle, God comes forth on the scene. Y'all with me? Y'all got a couple moments to work with me in this text? God comes on the scene. And watch this. If you, if you study the scripture really closely, the nation of priesthood was supposed to be for all Israel. Everybody. But the problem was that everybody wasn't willing to sacrifice themselves to be used by God. So what God had to do then was his design was for everybody, but because everybody could not step up to the responsibility, he set aside one family. And then one family was from the tribe of Levi. And you guys know a man by the name of Moses? Yeah. Moses comes from Levi. And y'all know he had a brother named Aaron? And Aaron was from the tribe of Levi, and his title was the 
high priest because it was his responsibility to go in on the behalf of everyone to offer what they call an atonement offering for all of the nation of Israel. Atonement. 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 I'm a little slow, so I used to have to say things slow. I can read things three or four times sometimes. Atone. At. At. One. Meant. At one with God. So the purpose of atonement is so that we can be at one with God. Are y'all with me? Y'all yes. flowing with me today? So God now designs this group of people, which means that if you were born from the Aaron uh, Levitical family, you were automatically prepared for the rest of your life to be set aside to be a priest. Amen. And there were levels to the priesthood. Y'all with me? Yes. There are levels to the priesthood. There's a high priest, and then there's other priests. That's the high priest has the responsibility of going in, offering sacrifice for everyone, but the regular priest has the responsibility <laughs> of tending to the things of the tabernacle. Amen. So, their job is to service the Old Testament church. One of their assignments is to put up and to take it down because they did not have a temple during that time. They had a tent. So the purpose of the Levites were to carry the tabernacle on their shoulders wherever God planted them to go as they were on their way to the promise. They would dwell for a season. They would pitch the tent. They would put up the tabernacle. And that was their assignment to minister unto the Lord. There was another group. Their assignment was to bring oil into the tabernacle. Y'all with me? So you go to the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers. One of the assignments for the people of Israel was to bring fresh oil to the priests. Every single week, you were supposed to bring olive oil to the priests. The priests were supposed to take your olives, press it, take the oil into the tabernacle and use the oil for the candlestick or what they would call the manoa. If the people, watch this, did not bring the oil, there was no light for the temple. Amen. I'm going to say it again. If the people did not bring the oil, then there was no light for the temple. So it was the assignment of the people to bring the oil to the priests so that the priests can minister and bring illumination of the temple. What are you saying, Pastor Joe? What I'm saying is, Many a times we come to church, and I'm guilty, and we define a church service as boring. Oh, I ain't like that song. Oh, I ain't like that sermon. Oh, you know, it was cool, but they sung too many slow songs this week. I like to get my jam on on Sundays. The preacher was cool, but, you know, I, that sermon was a little, you know, it, that wasn't for me. He didn't preach me happy. Y'all done heard that. Preach me happy, Pastor. And what we're looking for is we're looking for our priests or those in position to tend to the tabernacle to perform but not bring any oil. We want all of this illumination in the temple. We want all of this revelation. But what have we brought to the, to the church that the priest could minister with? To bring illumination to the service. Ooh. How easy would it be for Kara and the worship team to worship up here every Sunday if the congregation came in with worship? Y'all quiet. So rather than us bringing our oil into the tabernacle, we complain. But the question is, rather than waiting for the worship team to leave you, did you have worship when you came in through those doors? Our assignment is not to give you oil. Our assignment is for you to bring the oil. We use the oil and we bring illumination to the service. Amen. Amen. Preach me happy. Why don't you come in the door happy? That's it. That's it. Amen. Why don't you come in expecting God to do something? Why don't you come in expecting God to move? But too many times we come in and we don't bring nothing, but we want something. Exactly. And that's not the way that the church is supposed to operate. Amen. 
Paul tells us that we are a body of members and everybody is a part inside of the body of Christ. And if you are not operating, then you're making the body deform. That's right. Amen. Preach. So you have the priest whose assignment is to use the oil that is given to them from the people, bring it into the tabernacle, use this oil. Y'all with me? Amen. And the oil is to make sure that the lamp always burns in the tabernacle so that the priests have illumination to minister effectively in the temple. Does that make sense? Yes. Y'all got a couple minutes? Amen. Book of uh, 1 Samuel, third chapter, there was a man by the name of Eli. You guys ever heard of him? Yes. And the Bible says that in those days, <coughs> the word was precious and there was no open vision and the lamp of God went out. Quiet. <clears throat> the word was precious. There was no open vision. And the lamp of God went out. How did the lamp of God go out? The people stopped bringing oil. And when the people stopped bringing oil, the word became precious. And because the word was so precious, there was no open vision. So the priest could not see to give illumination. So what happened? The church started getting a tired sermon every Sunday. Messages started repeating. You're sitting there saying, I heard this one before. The lamp has gone out because there's no fresh oil in the church. And when there's no fresh oil in the church, there's nothing for the, the priest to minister with. I hope I'm not going too far today. So God had to raise up a young man by the name of Samuel who had to reignite the flame so that there could be a vision for Israel again. Another assignment of the priest was to bring fresh bread every Sunday to the showbread table. And we understand that Jesus is our showbread. And their assignment is to bring fresh bread every week to the temple. So the priests have all of these different assignments. Another assignment was they're supposed to fly, bring in incense and offer up a sweet smelling incense unto the Lord. These were the assignments of the priesthood. But they could not come into the tabernacle any kind of way. They had to dress So there was a certain dress code that they had to adhere by. This is all spiritual. Y'all here, I want y'all to, to flow with me. I don't want nobody to take this out and say, I told y'all to, you know, dress a certain way. I'm talking spiritually. Because if we're going to get too deep, we don't know who made the suits and ties. That's right. The priests made, the, they had men that were set aside and sanctified to make those outfits. You wearing Gucci. <laughs> Those is red bottoms. Y'all quiet in here. That church hat ain't sanctified. Somebody just like to make hats. That's right. So we got to get out of this whole. Your outfit is sanctified. Your outfit ain't sanctified. Your outfit's nice. But no, Gucci didn't have in mind that you was gonna shout and dance and praise God in his suit. So we're not talking about from the outward appearance. And please, right. please, I want y'all to understand, I'm not, I'm not knocking because I'm wearing a suit sometimes here and there. But the suit does not define my salvation. Thank Thank you. Amen. Amen. That's it. So they, the priest, the normal priest, had to wear certain garments. Y'all with me? Mm -hmm. In order for them to minister to God. Number one, first thing they had to wear was a tunic. Tunic, white robe, a white robe. This is the priest, all priests, regular priests, high priests. Every priest that ministered unto the Lord had to wear this. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that the robe goes all the way to his neck 
all the way down to his feet. And I also want you to notice that the color of this outfit is all white. All white symbolizes what? Purity. That in order for me to minister to God effectively, I have to be pure from my neck all the way down to my feet. Y'all quiet here. Watch this. God don't want to see your flesh. God doesn't want to see you. God wants you covered in him if you're going to minister to him. So what this is actually telling us is that in order for us to minister effectively, help me God, we got to put on Jesus. Y'all going to make me shout in here. This outfit symbolized Jesus. And Jesus is saying, in order for you to go in, you got to put me on. Because I don't recognize you in your own flesh. Bible also says in the Old Testament that flesh and blood, New Testament, flesh and blood shall not enter into where? The kingdom of heaven, which tells us that it's what? It's a spiritual thing. Jesus says that no man has ever looked on God and lived. So in order for me to get into his presence and live, I got to put on Jesus. God. Y'all got some time? Yeah. I, I, I told you, I'm going to take this clock down. Y'all got some time? Just a little more minutes? Y'all really got some time today? Y'all with me? Alright, alright, I'm going to make sure y'all with me. How many of y'all remember the story of Jason, Jacob and Esau? Y'all remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Y'all remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Who was their mama's name? Let me you. Rebecca, there you go. Who was his dad's name? Isaac. And J Isaac loved too. No, 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 I didn't sons. Uh, Isaac loved Jacob. Isaac loved who? Esau. Esau. And Rebecca loved Jacob. So Isaac's favorite son was who? Esau. And Rebecca's favorite son was Jacob. Now remember, Rebecca was pregnant with both of them. They were twins. She was pregnant with twins. Y'all remember that? And when she was pregnant with twins, there was some warfare going on in there, in that belly. She had two two bruising boys. They're just fighting all up in her belly. I can't even imagine. Help me, Jesus. And God had to come to her. That's, that's how you know your childbirth is hard. God got to come visit you. <laughs> that's, some serious, that's some serious pain. you like, Jesus, you want to talk to me. He had to walk in the room and say, let me do your words. I know this is rough. Y'all y'all, y'all with me? And he said, what, what was the prophecy that he gave? No, he, he said that the younger or the older shall, shall serve. What? The younger. Why? So, so she knew from birth that there was something special about Jacob. But the daddy loved Esau. Watch this. Isaac thought he was going to die. Because if you read the scriptures, you find out he lived a whole bunch of chapters later. But something told him he thought he was going to die. He was blind. He couldn't see. And he brings his favorite into the room to be blessed with what? His inheritance. Rebecca gets word that Isaac is getting ready to bless the wrong son. So what does she do? She dresses up Jacob to what? To look like who? The big brother. And she does what? She makes him smell like the big brother. And she makes him cook a meal like the big brother. So that he could get the blessing of the father. Y'all like, why are you so excited? I told y'all a couple minutes ago to put on Jesus. The father is who? God. Jesus is our big brother. And in order for us to get to the Father, we got to put on our big brother. Y'all quiet in here. We got to walk like him. We got to smell like him. We got to talk like him. We got to act like him. In order for us to go in, we got to put on Jesus. You with me? Number one, tunic. Robe of righteousness. Covered from the neck. All the way down to the ankles. Basically saying that when I come in here on Sunday, it's not about me. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about Y'all really saying it. Those words actually mean something. That when I come in to minister, no one sees my Gucci. No one sees my Louis. No one sees what I'm doing. But when I come up to minister, all I want to showcase is all of Jesus. 
Are y'all with me? Yeah. Now, the second thing that he had to put on, you can stay right here. No, go back. Is y'all see that right there? Y'all probably can't because it's all white. But there's a thing that goes around his waist right here. It's called a sash. It's called a sash. Y'all with me? Yes. And it's wrapped around the waist. Right. And it symbolizes servitude. But you know what it also symbolizes? It symbolizes that I'm strengthened by the Holy Spirit and to work in whatever way he wants me to work. Amen. Meaning when I come in here, I don't come in here with my own agenda. Amen. I'm wrapped up in his will. I'm wrapped up to do whatever work he wants me to do. Are y'all with me? So the second thing is the sash. Number two, and I'm, I'm going to close here, is the turban. Forget that. That's later on. This white part right here. Y'all see that? Mm -hmm. That's called the turban. Why is there a turban around his head? Because what I'm showing is that when I come in to serve God, my mind is wrapped up in Jesus. Y'all yes. yes. with me? Yes. My mind is wrapped in Jesus. Let this mind be in which was also in my mind is wrapped in Jesus. So I have him on. I'm equipped to do whatever he's called me to do. And my mind is on him. I'm not up here preaching worrying about bills. I'm not up here preaching worrying about tomorrow. I'm not up here speaking to y'all right now worrying about, oh, Lord, it's raining. I hope we can, you know, get through if it's flooded in Brooklyn at that circle, because you know that circle always flooded. None of that, now it's on my mind because I just said it. <laughs> None of that should be on your mind when you go into the presence of the Lord. Whenever you're doing the service for the Lord, your mind should be wrapped up where? In Him. So that is three. And then the last one. <clears throat> All right, we're going to go to Him. Underneath. There? I, I thought I sent y'all something else. Yeah, you want, yeah, yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. Ready, go. Y'all okay. like, who's boxers? <laughs> <laughs> These were the trousers that they had to wear. Underneath. Underneath that long white robe, even though they're already covered, God's saying that's still ain't enough. Put those on too. Why, 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 why? why? Why, why don't I put those on? Because what you're showing to God, watch this, is that my flesh is under control. My flesh is subject to him. I want to serve you so good, and I want to do your will so right, that I will subject my flesh to your will, to let my will get, let my will get in the way of your will. Y'all want to know something deeper about that? Y'all would have never saw those if I never would have showed you. So what does that tell you? It shows you the power of God covering the sins that only you and him know about. Thank you. Some of y'all need to thank him for some breaches. Thank you. Because there are some things that Keep you humble. Yes, yes. All right, I'll talk about me. There are some things that I have to do a gut check, and that is a reminder of my humility. Because he covers me in areas that nobody even recognizes that he covers me in, but me and him know. Yes, amen. So I got to praise, not just to showcase to y'all, but I got to praise to give him because he has covered me in areas that if any of y'all would have knew about, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. Okay. And if we would have knew about any of your mess, yes. we wouldn't want to be sitting next to you right now. Right. So the greatness of God, God's grace is that he covers you sometimes and he keeps it between you and him. Thank you. Yes. So glad he didn't expose all of our dirt. All right, all right, I'm the only one. I'm so glad he hasn't exposed my thoughts sometimes. Uh, what's that movie with Taraji where she's reading men's minds and Mel Gibson came out with it a couple years ago. What a woman wants. Y'all seen that? 
and they could just read the minds of, could you imagine some of the issues and some of the problems and some of the anger that was on your heart when you had all types of things designed that you was going to do to somebody? Could you imagine if God put a mouth on your brain? But he covers us. That's why you better praise him. <laughs> he covers us, y'all. There are certain things that only you and him know about. And he's such a loving and forgiving and gracious God that he never shared your dirt. So let me ask you a question. If he's that gracious not to share your mess, why aren't we gracious not to share others? If he can cover us, we got to learn how to cover others. Amen. So you have a lot of folks that don't understand the power of those. Y'all with me? So watch this. There's you go to the next slide. Y'all with me? So, no, you, you can skip that. You can go right to the main, the main dude. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Hey, you back. You know what is so awesome about this? Y'all with me? You know what's so awesome about this? This is the high priest. Only one person gets to wear this. Now, he has four additional things on his outfit that the rest of the folks don't have. Right? Because he has a greater responsibility. I'm going to go a step further today because um, growth in Christ allows you to say you got things wrong. And I have read this text and I got it wrong and I even preached it wrong. And I had to repent this week for taking this text out of context. Uh -oh. Because for years, I thought that this symbolized the pastor. I thought he symbolized the bishop. Well, he symbolized the apostle. But you know what I found out, y'all? Y'all with me? Somebody fighting. It's all right. Somebody win. I'm playing. You know, what, you know what's so powerful about this? Is that God saved us, and he never allowed us to have to put this on. Because none of us could carry the burden, and I'm going to get into this, of the whole responsibility of the high priest. So he gave us one high priest. That's it. And his name Jesus. is Jesus. Watch this. Because he knew as a normal priest, you have enough responsibility trying to keep your robe on, trying to keep your turban on, trying to keep your britches on, trying to keep a sash around you. Some of y'all just fighting every day just to remain saved. Thank you. Y'all quiet in here. Amen. Sanctification is a process all by itself. And God knew that those four garments that we went through was enough for you. This right here is too hard for you to handle. So I'm not even going to give this responsibility to the pastor. He can't handle it. What has happened is we've made them the high priest. And then when they fail, we don't know what to do. Because we ne never made Jesus the high priest. Amen. And when Jesus is the high priest, we never fail. Amen. When Jesus is the high priest, there's redemption. Amen. When Jesus is the high priest, there's no condemnation. Yes. We don't live for another man. We live for him. This high priest has a couple, outfit, a couple things on his outfit I want you guys to pay attention to. Y'all with me? This right here. See that blue thing? That is called the blue robe. Y'all see that? That's pomegranates and that's bells. So when he walks, he got his own theme music. But there's also pomegranates in between each bell. Am I boring y'all? There's pomegranates in between each bell. This is a lot. I know, I know, I know. 
I should talk this for Bible study. <laughs> Why pomegranates? Of all the fruit, gotta put some apples down there. Grapes. Pomegranates has 613 seeds in them. The Old Testament law has 613 laws in the Torah. The purpose of the pomegranate was to remind the priests of the law. Mm. So when he would put this on and look at those pomegranates, it would remind him of the 613 laws that he was unable to keep during the course of the year. It was a reminder of God's grace. Y'all ever tried to read Leviticus? All of us have failed in one way or another in Leviticus this week. I wasn't going to say this year. This week, somebody ate some catfish. Somebody ate some flounder. Somebody ate some shrimp. Somebody did something. And that is a reminder of how short we are of the perfection of God. Y'all with me? I stepped on it. That was me. Y'all with me? The bells. What's the purpose of the bells? I'm going to walk through this real quick because it's, it's 1230. I'm going to walk through this. Y'all with me? I, I might just hoop it just to get away. Y'all like, you better not hoop it. The bells symbolize that when I go into the glory of God, I'm still alive. Because watch this. If those white outfits wasn't together, you die. And they have to drag you out. So what they would listen for when you would go in for the, uh, to offer up the atonement offering was whether or not the bells were still making noise. And if the bells were quiet and they didn't hear anything, they had a rope tied around your waist and they would pull your dead body out. And it was a sign to everybody that you wasn't living right, but you was trying to go in before God. Yeah. I'm like, man, it's Old Testament. Damn. So I told you that there was only one person that could go in on the behalf of us. I'm, I'm going to do those four garments in four seconds. In four minutes. Four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this and I'm going to sit down. Y'all with me? 613 laws. Bells to make a sound. The ephod which has the responsibility, which has six names on here, six names on there, to combine is 12, which symbolizes all 12 tribes of Israel. Y'all with me? Which means that upon his shoulders, he's carrying the burden of all Israel. How many of you could carry the burden of your whole family? Spiritually. Breastplate. All 12 tribes, which symbolize on his heart, he carries the burden of all 12 tribes on his heart. How many of us could carry those burdens? Not one. So Jesus looks, or God looks upon the earth and he recognizes that there is no high priest that can offer up an atonement offering for all mankind. And we all were doomed to die. So he said, in order for them to live, I have to give them or they have to have a perfect sacrifice. Yes. He sends his son Jesus as the perfect sacrifice yes. without spot or without blemish, without sin, who met every single, every single one of the 613 uh, commandments of the Torah. Yes. He now offers himself as the sacrifice. Watch this. But then also receives the sacrifice as the high priest. He now takes the sacrifice, takes the blood of the sacrifice, goes into the tabernacle, sprinkles the blood, and the veil is rent, which now gives him access to the mercy seat to sit on the right hand of the Father. Go ahead, preach. Go ahead. ahead. Y'all with me? Yes. But in order for us to know that his sign was complete, he had to make a noise from heaven so that we knew that he made it in. Yes. What was the sound? On the day of Pentecost. When they all were with one accord, yeah. there was a of a mighty rushing wind. It was the sound of the bells. Y'all quiet. 
to let us know that he made it in and that the sacrifice was accepted. Y'all quiet here. Am I going too deep? So in order for him to let us know that everything was all right, he had to make a sound. Before he sat on the right hand of the father, he had to make a sound. And whenever job, God's job is complete, there's always confirmation by him sitting. Yes. What are you talking about? On the seventh day, after God created the heaven and the earth, what happened? He rusted. He sat down. After Jesus died and atoned our sins, what did he do? He went to the throne and he sat on the right hand of the Father. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came in, the Bible says that the Spirit sat on them and they began to speak in tongues. Whenever God's work is completed, he always sits to let you know that the work is completed. So now we look here and we see that when he goes in, he's carrying on his shoulders the six tribes of Israel on each shoulder, 12 tribes, because he was wounded for he was bruised for the chastisement of his peace and by his stripes. That's right there what it means when he carried all of our transgressions and all of our sins on his heart was us. When he died, he thought of you. When he died, he thought of you. When he died, he thought of you. He didn't think of himself, but he died for every single one of us because he went in with the breastplate of righteousness to die for every single one of us on the cross. So I thank God that I don't have to wear the whole outfit. But if all I got to do is put the all white on for all that he has done as my high priest, then I will wear the dress code that will sanctify me and set me aside to say I thank God for Jesus. Is that a bit too much? Wow. Too much? I'm going to close here. Leave this last little piece for free. 1 Samuel 30th chapter. The Bible says that Dan, David and his men had went down into a land called Ziglag. And it was a group called what? The Amalekites. And the Amalekites came and they took David's wives and his children and they held them captive. And the Bible says, but David, what? Encouraged himself, where? In the Lord. And the Bible says, and he went to Abiathar, the high priest. And he asked to borrow the ephod. What did I tell you was on the ephod? The 12 tribes. What David actually did was he put on the responsibility of the whole Israel on his shoulders. What it was symbolizing was that David was a type of Christ. That when we were down and out and we had lost everything, he put on the ephod and said, I'll do whatever I got to do to get it back. Help me, God. When we were down and out and dirty and lost in our sins and we lost our family and we lost our friends and we lost our jobs and we lost everything, Jesus said, give me the ephod. And he put the ephod on with your responsibility and with your burdens and with your issues and said, I'll go. And God says, I will give you victory. Go and recover all. Help me, God. What David symbolized was Jesus going to recover all so that we can have eternal life. We were lost. We were stuck. We were left for dead. But when he put the ephod on, he gave us a recovery and gave us everything that the enemy had taken from us so that we can have eternal Pastor can't carry your burdens. Amen. Listen to me. I'm going to help you. I can't. I got five other mouths I got to feed tonight. Including my own. And I got a big mouth. I got one roof. I got to pay the mortgage for every month. One of them go to the hospital. I got to be there for them. I can't be everywhere. I can't do everything. I can't carry every responsibility. So it's your assignment to gain a relationship with this high priest if I can't show up. Amen. 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 
And anybody teaching any other theology telling you that they're the high priest, it's out of order, it's incorrect, and you need to escape. That is your high priest. Jesus is your high priest. When all else fails and nobody else can make it and nobody else can show up, if you call on the name of Jesus, he will answer prayers. He'll go where nobody else will go. He'll bring you out where nobody else can bring you out. He'll save you like nobody else can save you. He'll redeem you like nobody else can redeem you. There's something about the name Jesus. Yes, sir. Glory to God. My, my, my. Thank I'm done, you, y'all. God. That was a lot. I'll lighten it up next week. But I think we will never be able to appreciate the God of the old without showing you how he fulfilled in the new. And you'll never appreciate the Jesus in the new unless you appreciate the God in the old. That's right. And every message should eventually center around Jesus. Amen. If I got up here and this did not take us to Jesus, then I miss my purpose. That's right. Amen. You guys do me a favor this week. Tell somebody about this church. Amen. Invite your friends. Amen. Bring them in. And let's continue to grow together. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for meeting us in this place on today, God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for being our high priest. And God, we ask God that you sanctify us, to continue, God, to set us apart, to continue, God, to wash us, God, of any impurities and any issues, God. Set us aside, God, so that we can be used completely for your service. Redeem us. God, let us understand and know that our purpose is greater than what we can even see. That you have a great design for our lives and that we are not just here to be caught up in the moment, but we're here to transform the world. Use us, God. Use our lips. Use our hands. Use us, God, to minister, God, in a way that only you can use us to do. Touch each and every single person in here, God, those that are sick, those that are hurting, those that are in pain. God, we pray, God, for your redeeming, God, and your healing power. Touch those that have lost loved ones, God. We ask God that you strengthen them, God. And Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 At this time, we're going to serve communion. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.